Welcome to Paranoid America. This is podcast number 11 of the new Paranoid America show. I'm Russell Dowden, publisher. I'm used to saying publisher. I don't publish anything paranormal anymore. I used to publish Austin Paratimes and uh, eventually Weird Magazine and eventually Infowars Magazine that led to Paranoid Magazine. But um, I haven't been publishing any of that, any of the the alternative uh, stuff in a while. But I miss it, and uh, occasionally I, I think I might uh, uh, get back into that. But joining me this week on podcast number eleven is an old friend, Smiles Lewis from Austin, Texas. We're both Central Texas. Uh, Smiles Lewis or Stephen Miles Lewis, but we all know him as Smiles in the in the space, uh, is joining me this week on the show. Smiles Lewis, my former editor of the very first brand of magazines. When we talk first brand, I mean the early days. I've probably published 200 magazines. This goes back 21 years. This is from 2002. Uh, we are going down the the uh, we're going deep into the time capsule today with my friend Smiles Lewis on Paranoid America. He is no stranger to my programs. I'm certainly no stranger to his. Um, this is just the latest incarnation of my of my latest show. Welcome to Paranoid America, Smiles Lewis from Austin, Texas. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. It's great to see you. Hey, good to been see too, you. Been too long. It, it has been a while, but I've been catching up with you on your podcast that you do, and you do a podcast for the Anomaly Archive. It's like the official podcast for the the uh, for the archive, right? Right. Yeah, it's a weekly live uh, news roundup show. You know, thirty to forty five minutes, depending upon. Uh, what I feel like that night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, were you having a beer the other night on the show? Uh, I'm usually drinking something. I'm having a margarita tonight. <laughs> I need to bring a margarita. I'm on Gatorade. <laughs> I need to bring in, start start bringing the beer in over here in the uh, old cooler here at the Par Paranoid uh, Studios. But, oh, no, this is going to be fun. We've gonna got to go an hour here with uh, Miles Lewis. I met you the back in 2000, I think, if, if we're if I'm right on this, is we met at or before or around the September of the 2000 National UFO Conference 36th annual Jim Mosley's old event there, Miles, down in Corpus yep. Christi. Uh, um, uh, I believe Doris Upchurch was the MUFON chapter director for. Um, for uh, MUFON at the time. And I can't recall if I met you there at the event or we may have spoken before, but it was really the event there in, in Corpus that we got to meet and, and get to know one another. And I was doing a radio show there and, and uh, you were, I guess you were just attending, right? So that I, I'm not come to think of it. I think that was 1999 because remember uh, the, there was going to be three, uh, three national UFO conferences in a row uh, there was, I believe it was not, 1999 was in Corpus Christi, 2000 was in San Antonio, and then 2001, September 15th, 14th, 15th, and 16th was going to be here in Austin. And yeah. uh, if, if uh, maybe. No, it was 2000. Okay, then it... I must have that backwards because because uh, I was there to accept the responsibility from Jim Mosley to to host the, the next, the 2001 conference and uh yeah we met in an elevator we had i think we oh really <laughs> we, we communicated via like email or phone probably um and yeah i remember uh uh you were on the elevator with uh uh cyborg sam and that was my first introduction to you introduction to you in in person yeah i met i met uh sorry i was grabbing the uh i was i was grabbing these miles look this is the this is the UFO magazine that promoted that event in 2000. Yeah, this is the September 2000 uh, issue. And I had an ad in there for the radio broadcast that I did for Setlab in, in, the, in the magazine for that, for that particular broadcast. But yeah, I guess we met in the, in the elevator there uh, <laughs> uh, many years ago. And you know what? You were talking about Stanton Friedman on your show the other last night. And I I, I met Stanton Freeman the first time in the same elevator that hotel at the yep. at the Hilton there many many years. He would later be on my show maybe three or four times at least uh, over my span of, of paranormal radio. But 
Well, we're jumping all over the place here, but we met 23 years ago, collaborated on the magazine. I don't know if you can share with, uh, here's Miles and I goofing around downtown Austin. Uh, this was, uh, he's holding this October issue in his hands. We're, we're uh, uh, screwing around there, but this was, God, I mean, that must have been 20 <laughs> 22 years ago probably yep, uh, yep. we've gone we've gone known each other a long time had a had a had an interesting parallels of interest with uh paranormal both of us and and just hats off to you great to see you and have you on the show today man thanks man yeah no that that photo shoot was fantastic and uh that was where we had both of our black beetles uh parked next to each other and uh, <laughs> uh that 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 was in a parking lot next that, like everything in austin where we were isn't there anymore <laughs> no that was actually where we were right there was where the old city coliseum, city coliseum was yep, and that yep. became this now part water park thing uh, well it's the uh, it's it's really part of the whole all new auditorium area down there yep. on on um uh, barton springs and and Riverside Drive now down there, but oh man, uh, not only have the times changed, so has the belt line around the waist there, Miles, for myself. <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, it's been a long ride, and uh, I wanted to ask you when we did that, we did. This is what folks don't know is my publishing career. Literally, I evolved from my collaborating with you and and Cyborg Sam at that at the National UFO Conference. We did that program book, and that kind of uh, – you know, I'll let you tell this, Miles, but, you know, we were doing this program booklet for the 38th annual. 38th, yeah. And, and, and that didn't happen. Tell, tell folks a little bit how what we were working on uh, during the 2001 summer. Yeah, and I think folks, if they want, can go to nufoc.com or .net, newfoc. We got newfocked. You recall. We did get new uh, and I have uh, my producer actually has the promo, so I'm gonna let you oh, set good. this up. So we're gonna play the promo for the event. Oh, but I'm gonna so let you kind of set this up a little. How this, how our paths collided in the summer of 2001. Yeah. So, so um, you know, after having met you, uh, uh, we 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 really wanted to collaborate, and um, uh, we. Uh, I was putting, I'd taken on the, the responsibility for hosting this conference. It was going to be three days and three nights of fantastic uh, UFO paranormal related speakers. And then in, it would go into each evening uh, with uh, a movie and then uh, live music. And this is going to go on for, for three days, three nights at the original Alamo draft house, right downtown That's on right. Colorado street. And uh, it was going to be the weekend of September 14th, 15th and 16th of 2001. And of course that, uh, Tuesday happened that dreaded Tuesday, September 11th, and the whole thing got scrubbed. But in preparation for that, uh, you uh, had experience selling ads for uh, promotional materials, and uh, by God, you you uh, sold ads for our <laughs> awesome uh, uh, the program for the conference that had all the schedules and the the bios of the speakers and all the information about the movies and the bands that were going to play, and uh, so we had all these real awesome old school Austin sponsor who, uh, you know, their ads are in there in support of, <laughs> of this uh, amazing event. And then we produced three different, or I, I produced three different uh, video promotional uh, clips for this. All three are online at yeah. one of my many different U U YouTube channels. It sounds like you've got one. Yeah, let's get, let's, but, uh, would you, would you want to, you want to talk over it to, or do you want to, no, let no, me no, let you continue? No, I don't want to talk over it, but, okay. I, uh, but I do want to say that, you know, be, even though the conference was canceled and it was tragic from out of the fiery ashes uh, came you coming to me going, man, I, we can do a newspaper. We can do a, a paranormal newspaper, a UFO newspaper. But as we both agreed, we were then living in the most parapolitical conspiracy oriented times in the wake of nine 11 in the fear that there was going to be, as there has been an erosion of civil liberties uh, in this country. And, um, and that's, you convinced me to start, what you started as publisher, there it is. Austin Para Times. Yeah. So here's here's some video. Well, well, no, I wanted just I was telling my producer Carl to okay. just cue up the cue up the the magazines that you were just referring to. There was these ah. were these were the the publications, some of them that we teamed up with, and I just want to share those real quick before we uh, before we play the video. 
uh, because uh, Miles alluded that that we we can do something here as of doing that program booklet. We can do a newspaper. We can make something that will educate people out of the ashes of of the the of 9/11, literally. And and this incredible event Miles had planned. Miles had to he had this great idea. I mean, music, uh, uh, speakers. Film Fest. It was really cool. We'll show the trailer. We'll come back to the magazines, but let's go ahead and fire off the the trailer here that we collaborated on in the, that what would have been uh, New Fock thirty eight in uh, Austin, Texas, Alamo Draft House. Check this out. <laughs> Great. The artwork, of course, by your friend Mac White, responsible for that artwork, and uh, that's that's cool right there. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, it just loops a few. Times. It loops over and over there. But no, uh, uh, the great work from uh, our our friend, and I've known him only through you, is as uh, um, Mac White, the fantastic uh, illustrator and artist. Uh, um, did that work and would later do many of the uh, several of the of the covers of of Austin Para Times magazine. But but Miles, that I it's so weird. You know, the other day I watched Mick Joe Kaku's podcast talking about dimensions and multiple universes and these you get a lot of strange theories out there and you know you know about you've heard some of these ideas of this. But I want to share to ask you about this because. A part of me thinks that there's another Russell somewhere else, and there's another version of all of us where those buildings did not come down that Tuesday afternoon, and that our lives, it went on different courses. Maybe it's a slight different from what we all ended up on. And I wonder what your thoughts on this, because I think that the publisher of Russell, the version of Russell might, that might be in the other world might have still done radio or could have done something else. I don't know. But this version is the publisher, Russell. Has anybody ever shared anything like that with you? Have you ever thought about the time changing as of September 11th? I got to gotta know your thoughts on this because you've got a thought about this. Yeah, no, I was I was at one point I was I was going to write a book about 9/11 called 9/11 Anomalies because there's like over 911 anomalies associated with with the the events of that day and the events leading up to that day and um I I've been saying for years that I feel like uh that there was a or there was a, a bifurcation point in the timeline that occurred on September 11th that there that we really uh got sent down a, an alternate pathway um, and I, I know uh, you and I aren't the only people who've had that kind of a feeling. Um, and of course, we're both, as you were saying, familiar with things like uh, the, the the multiple worlds interpretation of physics. This idea that with every decision and every every action, uh, an infinite number of other alternate worlds are created. And it's kind of like there's so many different science fiction stories that have dealt with this idea, but it it also has its roots in actual possible physical reality yeah. in terms of uh, these the quantum physics and such. But um, yeah, no, I, I really do feel like uh, we, we are in bizarro world uh, and just keep getting further and further from what you and I would come think of as the, 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 the foundational reality. And it, it's just gotten with every big major crazy event, but that one for me, that was the one. And, and I know, you know, generations uh, older than us, it was, it was the JFK assassination or the, JFK, RFK, MLK assassinations, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the literal murder of the perceived good doers uh, in, in American uh, sociocultural political yeah. uh, circles. Not everybody obviously feels <laughs> positive about those people, but um, for, for me and so many others, they, that was a real uh, uh, bifurcation point in, in the reality time stream. And uh, there's just, there's been a few more since then, but yeah. to me, none of them quite like that one. 
Well, growing up in Austin, Texas, and you could speak to this too, and and you know, I think CNN came and interviewed me about Alex Jones a few years ago here in this studio, um, uh, maybe in 2021. But but growing up in Austin, you know, we had the the tower shooting Whitman, you know, in the, in the university tower, we had grown up here, not far from Dallas from the JFK assassination. Uh, but, but more things um, later in our young lives, smiles, we had certainly experienced uh, Waco uh, and remember the, the, the craziness that it, that involved uh, Oklahoma city uh, world trade center one, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, I don't know. It was, it was probably, uh, it was probably, yeah, it was in 93. We got uh, Waco world trade center one, then Oklahoma city, then nine 11, but you know, nine 11 was really the, the tipping jar of, uh, of those th three or four events for a fellow central Texans like us. It's a, it's a very, uh, we're, we're used to that kind of weird thing here is central for being central Texans. And, and then of course we're into this, you know, anomalous conspiratorial uh, uh, world that we've been swimming in these waters for 20 plus years, you and I, but uh, anyway, it just, I think something there with the culture and the things that we grew up on, we had our Kennedy MLK RFKs with those uh, events. Do you agree? Absolutely. I agree. Um, I, I think those were all very seminal events. I'm honestly, I will say, looking back, I've often lamented that I, I, I feel like I wasn't outraged enough with Waco. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still, I still ha had this, the, the, the brainwashing of, oh, these cultists, you know, uh, uh, were, were at fault for their own death. But, you know, you mentioned Whitman and, and, uh, being, you know, this, this quintessential event, you know, of course that was before my time and I, and your time, but, yeah. um, but it's weird. It's, it's, it's yet another thing that, that draws to like ground zero, so to speak, Austin in terms of strange phenomena that would then ripple out and, and grow in very strange ways. And, and that uh, being one of not the, or not the first mass shooting, but one of the most uh, prominent ones. And as Mac White and I talked about on our PSYOP radio show many years ago, uh, that was what led to the creation of SWAT teams back mm. uh, out in mm. California. Now, now those are ubiquitous everywhere. But like the the mass shooting phenomenon, I, mm. and and if I ever told you this, you might have forgotten. But I'm a survivor of a mass shooting. Um, I I was at the often not cited in the mass databases of mass shootings because enough people didn't die. But uh, the 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 Fiesta Parade shooting in 1979 in San Antonio. The Battle of the Flowers Parade that happens every year, the Fiesta Parade there. Um, my mom and my cousin and I were, were there, and we were literally across the street from the shooter, but originally uh, had been in front of the, uh, the RV where the shooter was holed up. And I believe that the two or three fatalities uh, were people were sitting right in front of there that uh, I think accidentally shot because he was actually trying to get suicide by cop. But, um, you know, there again, mass shootings have become this ubiquitous thing and mm. obviously very controversial because of another Austin connection. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, uh, that was one of the weirdest things about doing the PSYOP radio show, this, you know, decoding the psychological warfare machinations within the paranormal parapolitical landscapes, to quote our, uh, <laughs> our subtitle for PSYOP radio with Mac White. And Mac was, you know, it was great doing the show with him because he's this... Uh, parapolitical JFK assassination expert researcher uh, of long standing because that was again that was his 911 mm -hmm. and um but it got really weird and creepy over the years of doing psyop radio starting in 2006 and on uh because we started more and more report having to report on these mass shootings that yeah. just ex exponentially increased and it it became like a weird sort of like, well, what, which one are we going to talk about this week? Oh, there's too many. Um, and yeah. So, and, and Austin has had several in weird mass shooting and the, the bombings from a few years yeah. ago. The, I mean, it's just crazy uh, uh, how many weird events like that have happened here. Yeah. And it's uh, funny. People ask me and often when I'm a guest and, you know, for the, in the last 20 years, I've been a guest on other podcasts, uh, 
uh, Jack Blood, others. I mean, I've been, uh, when people have me as a guest on their show, sometimes, Miles, they ask me, yeah, why are, uh, Russell, you know, you did Weird Magazine, Austin Pair of Times, you know, you, you've been into the set lab, you know, all of these things that you've done, you know, why? What makes Austin so damn weird? What is it that? What is it with you guys? You, you got Alex. You got you. You got you got all of you. A lot of you. And I and I've said that to people when CNN interviewed me on Alex Jones. I said, look, there was twenty other Alexes down there in 1993 and 1995. There, there was the dozen. They were they were all over the place down there on public access television. He, he was one that just stood out. But but what is it about Austin's culture that drives this? Uh, this sense of uh, you know curiosity about the the ether and uh, conspiratorial you know you go back to Richard Linklater and Slacker and some of the conversations in that film actually yeah. drive home this very same point. But um, what is it about our hometown that that makes you anomalous or me weird? <laughs> I, yeah, you know it's a really good question, and I and I think uh, people have been pondering it and and. It would be good to know because it is it, it has triggered this mass influx of people that has so radically changed what was here that honestly I don't even recognize it anymore. I know. Um, but uh, yeah, you know it's interesting. I, I've told people Slacker. I know people who moved here because of the movie Slacker. <laughs> they, they were so in, inspired and intrigued by it that they moved here. And um, I know a lot of people have tried to, to quantify what is it about Austin. And that, that makes it such a weird epicenter. Um, you know, obviously Texas has such a, a, a reputation as being a conservative, uh, <laughs> uh, a wealth of conservatism. We'll just say, um, <laughs> yeah. And and Austin is looked on as weird by the rest of the state because they're just like, I don't know what those weirdos are doing down there. But I think the first and foremost, it it probably has to do with the college town aspect. Um, you know, being b, b, a, a being the center of power for the state in terms of the capital uh, and and being uh, the, the center of education, though, obviously, there's a lot of 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 uh, excellent and 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 uh, well respected uh, educational institutions across the state. But but Austin obviously has a real reputation for that. Um, and I think so. It's that conflagration of what the, the idealism of what uh, colleges are supposed to be doing in terms of instilling an inquisitiveness and a, and a sense of, uh, of, of desire to, to understand and to, to uh, interrogate the nature of reality and interrogate authorities and, mm. and ask questions of your authority figures. Um, but, uh, you know, the, it, you end up with this weird mishmash of, of conservative and liberal uh, that has, created this very strange, strange environment and things like the butthole surfers and Willie <laughs> Nelson and, uh, and Alex Jones. And, uh, and there's so many things were first here again. Um, uh, Austin access television just celebrates its 50th anniversary. Yeah. And, and that is Alex's birthplace. And he really worked that system to, to, to promote and launch his career. And for that, you know, that that's, he really turned it into a media empire, at least for a while. And, um, the, the, but there's other weird first, like the whole first big mass serial killer uh, in the in the form of the the servant girl annihilator. The you know the the the, the mythology about the moon towers around Austin, these old tall, yeah. earliest lighting systems. Oh, people think that those were here because they were well, a response to putting light on the dark city streets where this ripper, this act murder was well, killing uh servant girls and don't forget the zoker park rapist of yep. the 80s but before you get too far from that point i gotta say that in the 90s uh i was no stranger to psychedelics in south austin or central austin and because you mentioned the butthole servers we used to buy the Budholt Surfers pot off of Burnett Road in the Allendale area, and they were buying our acid in uh, a la 1991-92. So I thought I would just throw that in there. But but the psychedelic culture too, Miles. I mean, I grew up in high school and taking trips down to Guadalupe and going to 23rd and Half Street across from the university and, and doing this to the acid bums. 
you know, and that was how I would get, uh, you know, get my Looney Tunes for the weekend or, uh, or what have you, Zodiac or whatever the hell it was. But I mean, there was a psychedelic culture in Austin too, along with that redheaded stranger, Willie Nelson, uh, country fan music, uh, you know, armad home of the armadillo crowd too. Yep. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up psychedelics. <laughs> They're an important component of, uh, of, of, of trying to understand Austin. Um, I, you know, I don't know what the history of psychedelic use has been across the state historically, but Austin, absolutely. Again, as a college town, I think that's, that's part of why it was uh, so, so prolific. Um, but it, it, and psychedelic culture is an important part of, of the counterculture. I mean, I know that there's people probably Jay Wiedner and others that, that think that have subscribed <laughs> to this idea that, Oh, you know, the rise of acid that in the, in the sixties counterculture and the druggy culture, that was all in uh, uh, MK ultra psyop. And, and there certainly absolutely uh, were all these drugs being experimented with uh, by CIA MK ultra and all that stuff. Uh, that's a, one of my most interest, most intense areas of interest is, is mind control and, and the, the horrible things that MK ultra and the CIA did. Well, I got to say, we're going to take a quick little uh, one minute commercial break here and, and we'll come back. But and this is one thing I love about uh, Smiles Lewis. Now, he has his style, his shows. I have my style and, and he doesn't agree with every my bullshit. A meter goes a lot further than his does, guys. Now, I will have on guests uh, that uh, let's just say may be a little leery uh but i find it entertaining i find it uh, uh curious he's more cerebral miles you're much more cerebral than i and and my bullshit meter is is uh you know it goes a lot further than yours <laughs> and so uh, we'll be right back we're gonna take a quick one minute commercial break back on the other side with my dear friends miles lewis this is paranoid america we'll be right back I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn and a king. I've been up and down and over and out, and I know one thing. Each time I find myself flat on my face. Are you tired of the lies, conspiracies, and propaganda the deep state uses to program you? Does the thought of empirical corporate globalism make you paranoid? Then Paranoid America is your source for alternative news. Listen to Paranoid America weekly on the GCN Radio Network or wherever podcasts are available. Your filter for mainstream fake news and disinformation. Featuring world news, the paranormal, cover-ups, UFOs, cosmic disclosure, secret space programs, and the parapolitical soup of today's global theater. If you aren't paranoid, you aren't listening. The Paranoid America Radio Show. Now, live from an underground bunker fortified with cheese whiz and crackers. The man dressed in black fatigues, wearing a tin hat made of aluminum foil. Your host, Mr. Paranoid, Russell Dowden. Welcome back to Paranoid America. This is podcast number 11 of the new incarnation of my shows. I'm Russell Dowden, former publisher of Austin Paratimes Magazine, Weird Magazine, Infowars Magazine, and eventually Paranoid Magazine, which I may have one of these laying around here. Oh, that's an old weird there. But um, uh, happy to do the new shows, which are basically just incarnations of, of my old shows. I started off doing one years ago called set lab chat which was an acronym for studies of extraterrestrial life and answers from beyond and it was only then and then that i met today's guest smiles lewis 
of the Austin Anomaly Archive and uh, a 501c3 organization that he started many years ago down there in uh, South Austin. And, and I kind of want to let him – I'll let you talk about the archive a little. And then you've got a recent article that came out in the New York Times about conspiracy theory. And I've only read parts of it, and I've got to finish it. But, man, this is fascinating. And I didn't know – you said that you they plugged the magazine that you and I uh, collaborated on many years ago. But – before I get you to talk about the archive, Miles, I got to ask you about my bullshit meter and and you calling me on my bullshit because I I know you have thoughts on this because uh, I just feel I feel the glare from from your, the look you're giving me. I mean, no disrespect by uh, my commenter. I I I I I think I agree with your assessment of uh, the art the scale of. I think it's good that you you don't have that bullshit meter. You're much more serious about this subject and and more cerebral about it. And, and from a researcher standpoint, and that I, I respect that about you. But I can still laugh about it with you too. Yeah, yeah, and and that's just that's part of being friends and being able to talk. And that's what I think is so so important is to not become uh, fractured by by <laughs> disagreements or differences in opinion. Um, I think that's that's what's led us to where we're at. That I think mm. is not a good thing is that people have become so extreme yeah. in their beliefs. And and I, you know, this was going to be in that New York Times article, but it got edited out because the fact checker couldn't find a reference. But I found it later after the thing was art written. But um, you know, one of my favorite writers and researchers on conspiracy, Lord of the Illuminati, as in, seen in that advertisement. <laughs> Robert Anton oh, Wilson, Wilson. Okay. you know, he talked to he and Timothy Leary and psychedelics enthusiast uh, talked about the idea of reality tunnels, that we all exist in our own reality tunnels. We all see things through the, the our own lenses, our own paradigms. And, um, you know, the, 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 the zine that I did back in the nineties, ELF elf infested spaces, journal of possible yeah. paradigms was called possible paradigms and not journal of the new paradigm, because there is no one paradigm that, should be revered as the truth. And this is the whole thing about science and why Charles Fort was so important. Uh, Charles Fort and the idea of Fortean phenomena, Charles Fort talked about intermediatism, that all science is intermediate. It is just our best guess at this time based on what we can see. And the thing that got taken out of that New York Times article was me referencing Robert Anton Wilson talking about uh, uh, reality tunnels being like, uh, and paradigms being like glasses. They're, they're useful at a time, but you know, you use them to see certain things. But so I, you know, what, to expand my bullshit, uh, <laughs> I, I can put on other glasses and go, well, maybe I'm wrong. And let me, let me look through this lens that this person's telling me about and, and see, see what it looks like to me. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I sometimes, uh, take mine off my bullshit, uh, lens stay on for too long, but I have always, you know, I've had, you know, uh, uh, Unarius Academy of Science. I've had on some of these alt crazy, you know, people from the Billy Meyer side to, you know, researchers like Stanton Friedman. I've had on the alien abduction claims. I mean, I tend to have a lot of these wild, extreme viewpoints on but i just fucking love that stuff miles i just yeah. fucking love it i i, I think it's part of me is just maybe it's the sci-fi kid in me that likes to hear about these things man what do you think terrence mckenna would think about 2023 american culture gosh uh yeah i'm sure i would love to hear what he has to think there's so <laughs> many of these people that i consider saints him and bill hicks yeah uh you know there, there's so many people who i i kind of I sort of wish we're still around to see and hear what they had to say about things that are going down now. Yeah. And then there's another part of me that's like, Oh, I think they'd be just disgusted. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, who knows what McKenna would say. <laughs> he would be able to expound upon it in that inimitable voice. <laughs> hey, I gotta ask you, my son, Jeremy is about going on 30. Uh, maybe he's 28 or nine, but he was asking me something the other day, miles and made me think of you. Um, and I had Kevin Booth on the show uh, two years ago. Uh, anyway, my son was asking me, Dad, what's this theory in, in Austin? Because I have friends that tell me about about this. Uh, uh, Bill Hicks, you know, uh, you know, he did some great things with Kevin Booth, and he started off in public access, you know, from Houston, and then went to Austin. And what's this theory I hear about people say that that you know Bill Hicks went into Alex Jones or is Alex Jones and 
Remember, all of us in the para space of public access would go to Opal Divines on the first Thursday of the month, and we would all have beers with Chris Athenis, Jeff Contreras, yourself, Alex Jones. Wasn't it the theory that the idea was that Bill Hicks went into Alex Jones? Yeah, there was a <laughs> just like there's multi, just like there's multiple universes. There's multiple interpretations of this, and I would just add, you know, I have publicly apologized for for uh, helping kickstart this this <laughs> crazy idea that some people have, some very crazy people have taken on as truth, um, in in a, in a very literal sense. There, so yeah, the the idea was just that I was I was introduced to their work by a, a then friend um, who, who was my editor on uh, um, uh, my Z, the on Elphis um, uh, once it went to the internet. And he, he had shown me, he's like, oh, you probably have heard about this guy, Alex Jones on Access TV. And I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of him, but I hadn't really watched much of his stuff. But this other, the same, this friend was also a huge fan of Bill Hicks. And so we were watching, like we would be literally like watching, you know, Alex Jones one minute and then Bill Hicks the next. And, you know, they're both, kind of similarly shaped guys and they both, you know, have this, this, uh, preachers, Southern preachers delivery, uh, <laughs> style and, and they both like to perform. Um, and, and no I don't, yeah, at some point, uh, I, I started joking with people about when, when Bill Hicks passed uh, this idea that it seemed like, uh, maybe Bill Hicks, his spirit went into Alex Jones and then, of course, the other alternative, again, it's always spinning multiple ideas, none of which that I took as truth, uh, <laughs> was this idea that Bill Hicks had faked his death and become Alex Jones. And, of course, there's, you know, all these little things uh, that are more just, you know, again, just coincidences. Um, but just the fact that that Bill had um, paid attention with Waco and yeah. had 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 realized what a horror show it was and, and, um, and had his own – he had – he obviously had a huge routine based around the JFK assassination and that sort of thing. Um, uh, and was very heavily influenced by psychedelic use. Uh, and so I, yeah, I, I remember just talking about this, just, it was just a joke and it was just an offhand thing that we, we as friends would talk about and joke about. I will say that when, uh, our mutual friend Hadley, uh, got Alex back onto FM radio via the, uh, UT radio KVRX. station. KVRX. KVRX. Yeah. I've got, I was I've got there. The video. <laughs> right. You videotaped it. I've digitized the video. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it was a great interview. And I, that after that interview, we walked to uh, Kirby Lane. And I remember one of the few things I engaged with Alex was about, I just had to ask, I was like, so you, you knew Bill Hicks, right? And he's like, yeah, we interacted a couple of times. And th that was all there was to it. But yeah, no, it's, it's gone like everything well, crazy and creepy where there are people who are just lining up photos and s making these outlandish connections between them and make saying that one is the other. Um, I actually work with somebody who apparently was at, in uh, Rockwall where I think Alex is from and, and, and is in the, his yearbook. Alex's photo is in his yearbook. It's a, it yeah. is a, it is a internet mythos though. That is, that is something that has gone on for 20 years and, and, or more. And, and, and that you was did an article about it. I, I think we did. And, 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 but, but it's something that comes up and, and my kids, uh, you know, know that I worked there and we, we've all kind of, had an Alex Jones story. I've had many a beer with him. I've smoked pot with him before, believe it or not. And, um, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those mythos and I knew you were involved somewhere with that. And it, it seems to me like, isn't it true though? Or don't you think this is kind of interesting? Wasn't Kevin Booth is not <laughs> Mike Hansen, the Kevin Booth to Alex Jones as, as Kevin was to Bill Hicks. In a lot of yeah. ways, starting out yeah. early. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a good analogy. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the the right hand man, best friend, uh, cohort. You know, helping helping produce the material. Yeah, went into the Bohemian Grove together uh, there in, uh, in, uh, in 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 the Northern California. Yeah, and we, uh, you know, when we were doing uh, awesome pair of times, you you of course you had that drive to be on terrestrial radio and got the pair of times radio show going. <laughs> And uh, we did a show with Mike's Han Mike Hansen. That's right.
Yeah, um, yeah, man. This is really great going down memory lane. I, I want to plug, though, the archive and let you talk about some of the things. we're. I've, I've got about maybe 17 minutes left on the show with you. Oh, but, sure. but I do want to – and, I mean, we could keep bullshitting here if you want, but it's just great chatting with you, talking about Austin culture and, you know, where we're from and, and how – um, you know how we've you know been on these paths, and it's just great. I, I do want to acknowledge that you had this great, great um, opportunity to speak to the the the, the global with, globe with about conspiracies recently with with this article uh, um, in the New York Times that came out earlier this month. And then um, I also want to let you you know talk about the archive a little. Where, where do you want to go with the conversation next? What's what's on your well, mind? I'll I'll just plug in all the archives um, for, to start. Um, so a- after I left the editorship uh, of Austin Para Times, and uh, you carried it on uh, into many more issues and ultimately <laughs> into Weird, um, it was in the very first issue of Weird magazine that was, uh, I guess, originally started with the layout guy, uh, Jason mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from Austin Para Times. And <clears throat> um, uh, when I left, I was just like, I'd always had this dream of uh, having an organization that was focused on paranormal stuff. And at that point I was accumulating books faster than I could read them. I had about a thousand books, uh, most of which I'd acquired on my own, but people were starting to give me their collections. And uh, there was another zine publisher in Austin named West Nations who published a fantastic zine called Crash Collusion. It dealt with psychedelics, conspiracy theory, magic, um, uh, counterculture, UFOs, the paranormal, everything, conspiracy. And he was going to move town and he didn't want to have to move all those books. So he gave me oh, half wow. of his collection. The other half went to his magazine's editor who then years later gave it back to me. So like the collection <laughs> was reunited, but yeah, that first thousand books in 2003 was when I founded uh, the anomaly archive scientific anomaly Institute as a 501 C three nonprofit. And we, so this is our 20th anniversary here. Oh, wow. And yeah, here yep, it is. There's the, there's a website, anomalyarchives.org. Uh, of course, we got you know social media presence on most of the sites. Uh, we've got uh, lots of videos for past events and uh, the, the the podcast, vodcast that you mentioned, all on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's free, a free newsletter that we send out. But the the big thing about this is, of course, its its mission and goal is the preservation of anomalistic materials. That means everything having to do with the anomalous, whether it be uh, uh, anomalous phenomena, cryptozoology, like Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, to uh, the mysteries of consciousness. What is consciousness? What is uh, anomalous consciousness? What is uh, psychic phenomena, ESP, psychic remote viewing? Um, so we've accumulated over 7,000 books, thousands wow. of periodicals, um, hundreds and thousands of, of paper files and digital files. And up until February of 2021, we had the most fantastic physical location. We were located uh, practically right downtown uh, east of I-35, just north of the river. Uh, we had really arrived. We'd, we'd finally gotten our own place after uh, 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 partnering with another nonprofit I was involved with for many years. And we had an event space. It was Everything was going great. And then the pandemic happened. And mm. um, sadly, just like... Uh, 2001, I had not planned for the eventuality of a terrorist attack or, in this case, the pandemic or right. whatever you want to, however you want to view it. Right. God, <laughs> um, we, and, yeah. and and so we 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 lost our lease, we lost our funding, and we've been uh, the the collection, those thousands of books have been in storage since February of 2021. It breaks my heart every damn day, and uh, we're looking to you know we're still looking for a new facility but the 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 cost of of having a space in austin is just astronomical and it's only getting higher so all that said you know i i try to remain optimistic um i i'm i'm looking at retiring from my day job very soon and that will afford me a lot more time and opportunity yeah. and energy to uh, to to focus on the nonprofit, which has been my my life's goal and my bliss my my uh you know, my legacy. And um, so it's still going and we're still networking. There's, yeah. There has been an explosion of non of, of, of libraries like this. Of course, it was inspired by the archive in Sweden. Um, but now like well, David Marler, the triangle UFO guy, he's got the national UFO. Well, whatever happened to guys like, you know, w- 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 you know, somebody like Tim Lee got to support this or somebody from, you know, Joe Rogan or somebody who, who, 
you know, some staple from a cultural point of view from Austin would be a perfect guy to get behind you on this. And and if it's all right if it comes back after you retire from your regular gay gig, but uh, I, uh, I I think that's gonna I think that's gonna pop up before long here, Miles. I think that's gonna end up being something that could be a, a really cool event center that you could have events in. I would almost dare say if I had the nerve to move from Round Rock back into Austin, uh, I would, you know, go in with you on office space. Cause I'm obviously releasing my studio. Um, but I mean, it would be a good space to, you know, collaborate with you on something like this. I think that that's going to come back for you that, that the, the archive will return. I, I, I believe, I believe <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff I don't believe in, but I believe that. But you know um, what I mean? Like you should have an investor, like somebody, you know, freaking cool. That's from, you know, you know, some kind of Austin guy, Linklater or somebody that uh, Rodriguez, you know, somebody that might appreciate uh, what you've got going on there, you know, so hopefully that that pans out. Uh, We're working uh, those angles, even as we speak. <laughs> well, what do you think got me back in the hot seat with this, sh uh, with this show is just all of the UAP, uh, the, the coverage, uh, the acknowledgement by some mainstream media. Um, I've got about 13 minutes with you here, but um, what is your thought on, because all, seeing all of this stuff spun me, get, got me curious to get back into doing something, talking about, these topics again, Miles, and I'm just, you know, what is your thought on, um, you know, CNN to Fox News to uh, History Channel, you know, talking about the 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 UFO or UAP as they've rebranded it here in the last ten years, uh, phenomenas. Uh, it is fascinating. It's 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 an amazing time to be active in this, um, and but I will say, you know, it, it's it's disheartening that there are so many people coming to this for the first time. These newbies who are who were interested because they were hearing about this and, you know, uh, but, but they haven't yet really dug into it and don't know so much. There's so much already known and there's mm -hmm. so much information available. And that's why I think libraries and archives are so important uh, to helping educate the public about yeah. the, the, the stuff, but how I feel about it personally uh, with regard to the revelation of a supposed Pentagon UFO uh, program, everything about it has to my mind, had the stench of psychological yes, warfare. Psyop. And, and Luis yeah, Elizondo know the whole fucking thing. You know, I I, I want to give I, yeah, I want to give him and others the benefit of the doubt. And um, but at the same time, that that is what to me is what's the, the truest aspect of being a conspiracy theorist theorist is being a skeptic uh, even of your own beliefs. Yeah. And and as much as I want to believe that oh you know the the crash saucers pickled aliens and government cover-ups <laughs> are true and they're gonna give us the proof any day now how long has it been since two, th late 2017 when when this all was revealed but the revelation has always been done in such a controlled fashion and when you try to verify the the details of it you get the run around or you find out it ain't true or it's not true the way it was told to us and um so it really does seem to me, I, th I think the guy, uh, is it, um, I forget the guy from the New York Post uh, who who has done uh, Green Street, I think is his name. Mm. Um, he's done a lot of really good videos about this. Now, he's, he's to my mind, too, too debunking and skeptical. Stiff, yeah. Stephen Green Street, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but but, but I, he and others have pointed out that it really seems pretty obvious that the, uh, the 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 story that we've been told is is a cover story, and that really it almost seems like it was an attempt to let's say let's say that this government this Pentagon program that uh, Harry Reid and others uh, did and that Bigelow got the money for was about UFOs when in actuality it was more about poltergeists you know uh, skinwalkers like ranch. And, yeah. and, and ran the ranch and that kind of spooky paranormal activity. Which you know, I have no problem with. None of that bothers me. But but from a uh, political standpoint, it actually would be easier and better to justify a potential aviation threat, an aerospace threat, um, than than some than justifying the millions spent on Skinwalker Ranch. Which so it, it really seems like this is kind of a sleight of hand. Mm -hmm. Look over here. But at the same time, it amounts to a, a fundraising. Effort. Um, well, we need and, another you know, boogeyman, Miles. You know that's the thing, right? The, the 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 idea that we need to have another 
um, um, what was the report? I don't know. Was that the Iron Mountain report years ago that talked about the need that they would they would they would invent, you know, on their own boogeyman scenarios? And I right. think and this that, this qualifies under that. And that that report is itself very controversial and and considered to be a hoax by some. But the the, the but the very premise is absolutely spot on. Yeah. Um. And uh. You know. <laughs> Uh, even the, the 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 silly movie Canadian Bacon plays with this idea of uh, the idea that you know we we need a new as Ronald Reagan said an outside external threat Threads. to unite us all yes. or to at least get the American people behind something. But um, no, I think I think the paranormal and and UFOs and the the mysteries of beyond have always been used by the powers that be to uh, stoke fears to manipulate the masses emotionally to uh you know use as cover for for one thing or the other um you know this this whole recent um peruvian yeah uh alien <laughs> flap you yeah. know that they're now claiming is uh miners uh, with cart jetpacks cart cartel miners on, on hoverboards basically <laughs> um which is a great idea in and of itself but like the first time i started hearing about those attacks on those poor villagers i thought to myself this sounds so much like uh, the CIA and special ops doing, you know, hoaxing vampire attacks in the Philippines and all the stuff that apparently is fairly well documented. Again, you know, uh, if everything can be weaponized and and turned into uh, mil militarization efforts, um, and thus again the the, the the subtitle of psyop radio decoding <laughs> the parapolitical landscape. Well, good conspiracy, good conspiracy theory, you know, doubts itself, like you were saying, yeah. and 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 even if we are fans of it, we still. Like I thought it was odd Luis Elizondo comes out with this uh, as we learn about the ATEP program 2017 but man he sure went on an odd media tour across the fucking world on every news channel it, it was almost like it was you know who booked those goddamn interviews Miles I mean it was Sean, Sean Cahill didn't did. <laughs> Well I mean it's just like I you know it just makes yeah. you wonder why or how they What's well, there's another agenda going on here, and it stinks as bad as the uh, pandemic did recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really, I it, it's exciting to watch. It really is. I got my popcorn, and I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> and the latest thing with the David Grush, uh, the the alleged whistleblower. Um, but again, it just there's always enough there that I'm like, yeah, there's something that's not adding up here. Yeah, I know. Um, and um, but we'll see. There's there's still uh, so many things that could happen. Um, I've been really curious, like, OK, so where is Lou Elizondo during all this Dave Grush stuff? Mm -hmm. Is he is he a little butt hurt getting, you know, losing the spotlight? But he he backed away when the other Lou and others kind of turned on him as people were starting to really yeah. kind of go, are you for real, dude? And I, you know, I don't, again, I don't mean to disparage Lou. I don't know. I've not met him. I, I know some people who have, and they all say he's a nice stand-up guy. But then, you know, again, given his psychological warfare background, that, I mean, it, I hate to, you know, tar, you know, with a broad brush, anybody who worked for government or the intelligence services, mm -hmm. but they all have such, those agencies have such a terrible record and horrible history of atrocities on on uh, civil liberties and and the things that, that that have been done in the name of national security are so often abhorrent to my ideals of of what America is supposed to be. Um, you know, I, just remember the uh, the the counterbalance to paranoia is pronoia. <laughs> there are forces working for our benefit as well. And and as you know, you talked about the New York Times article, which all came about because of of QAnon. And, and and because of the rise of that new this new brand of conspiracism uh, that that's taken hold and it's kind of usurped the old school conspiracy research that you and I were more familiar with. Now mm -hmm. you've you've been right there along for the ride now uh, <laughs> with your connections to to Alex and and it's I'm yes. sure it was a fascinating watch, a fascinating show to watch. Um, um, yes. But, uh, the, the new the, uh, the new article in the in, that came out August fourth earlier this month how QAnon and and January sixth ripped the conspiracy theory world apart profiling our guest uh, and my dear friend an old friend Smiles Lewis written by Annie Kelly this is a, uh, earlier this month you can find it online it's hard to because they make you pay for that that publication but 
I'm glad that to see you that you're getting published and, and acknowledging uh, some of these theories. I've got to ask you in the last few minutes, our generation, we're in our 50s, early 50s. We started on this path in the in the late 80s, early 90s, guys our age, Miles. But what are, where, where are we now at in the fold now that the Stanton Friedmans have, sta- have, have passed away? The Jim Mars is no longer with us. I mean, many of these guys that I've had on the show or people you've interviewed uh, we, that we looked up to uh, have moved on to the ethereal. And now our generation is, you know, carrying that torch. And I, I, gotten, I, I often speak with that the younger generation is doing a decent job of talking about this, but I don't think there's informed and, and um, they don't know the old school like you and I do. Uh, we learn, we learned this kind of early on as young guys. And now that we're in our fifties, where do you, can you speak to the generational uh, side of this, uh, is this space uh, and is it in good shape with our kids generation? Well, I don't want to be the guy saying, get off my lawn. <laughs> But sometimes I feel that way. But uh, no, I think it's an important uh, question because you're right. I mean, I know that when you and I got into this, we were the youngest people in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and I so many times got positive feedback from, from those other folks who, who were the, the elders in whatever group or scene I was visiting or uh, being a part of. And uh, they loved the new energy and I love the new energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's that point where, uh, you, you, you've got to say, read a damn book, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, put the phone do not, down. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, as, as, as much informative content as one can find on YouTube or on uh, videos online, um, there, that you re- the, diversify your information sources. Uh, it, it really comes down to, um, not being in an echo chamber again, changing those paradigm glasses to, 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 to try on alternative viewpoints um, you know, at, but as Stan Friedman said, don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 Jim Mars used to say, uh, you know, watch for the metered release of information, Russell. It's always coming and it's always changing. And uh, God speed to 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 Jim Mars and to Stanton Friedman, both no strangers to either of us, or their books or, or their work. Man, we got to do this again, Smiles. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to collaborate with you on something down the road, even if it is with the archive or whatever you've got, you know, cooking on, uh, on the, on your, on the menu. Cause I, I think we'll be hearing more from you once you, you, you retire from the day job and, and you've got a little more time on your hands. Cause, uh, uh, I, I think that the archive is, is definitely going to be coming back to, to view here. And, the, and the, the community needs it, too. Well, I, I look forward to that time because, uh, yeah, man, tired of the day job. <laughs> <laughs> Fire off the podcast and when people can follow you. All right. So you can go to anomalyarchives.org and you can find the links there to all the past episodes of Anomaly Now. Uh, started back in 2020. Uh, it's every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for 30 to 45 minutes. Sometimes it goes long. Um, occasionally, occasionally we have on special guests. But if you go to our YouTube channel, you can find hours and hours and hours of, of past uh, lectures by uh, all manner of people talking about all manner of strange phenomena, uh, parapolitics, and, uh, and UFOs. So. Well, thank you for being a part of Paranoid America. You think this is okay? What do you think of the name of this show? And be honest, like, I didn't want to be weird radio anymore. I didn't want to be something I was years ago. I just came up with something new, and I don't know. I thought it's a weird time we're living in. Fuck it. Paranoid America. Um, I think it fits. I think it fits. I know I was a little uh, uh, critical at first um, just because I, I feel like I feel like it. the paranoia has caused us to I'll be a little too disconnected Uh, as a good friend of mine used to have a show called out the rabbit hole. We all go down the rabbit hole. We need help getting out out of of the the rabbit rabbit hole. hole. (laughs) Very well spoken there. Well, thanks, man. I want to do this again. And and thank you for coming on. I'm having fun trying to get the conversation, pushing the conversation forward about uh, some of the topics that are uh, going on and and everything we just came through miles, you know, paranoia would just seem like, 
people are paranoid, you know. So I don't know. I just thought paranoid America, and that's what I've landed with. And uh, and we'll, we'll try to keep this thing going. And and I appreciate you being a part of it, man. Well, thank you, thank you. Well, very cool. There's my good friend Smiles Lewis. Check out his new article if you haven't. Google Smiles Lewis or how QAnon and January 6th ripped. The Conspiracy Theory World Apart, uh, written by Annie Kelly earlier this month here in August, uh, uh, detailing uh, Smiles Lewis and and uh, and some of his notion on, on conspiracy theories. And it's been a great time talking with him about Bill Hicks, Alex Jones, the Kool-Aid that we have, uh, Austin Culture. Uh, thanks for having a great conversation with me. ParanoidAmerica.com is the website, guys. Stay tuned. Coming soon, Miles' good buddy Jay Wiedner will be joining me on the show in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk to him about some theories that he has, and uh, I'll keep pushing the bullshit meter a little further than my good friend Miles Lewis. Thanks, Miles, for being on the show. We'll see you guys. Take care. Keep your eyes to the sky. It's another week of Paranoid America and my bullshit meter. said ain't that a kick in the head like the sailor said quote ain't that a whole